Welcome to this episode of How to Date Men, a podcast exploring the world of dating, relationships, hookups, and intimacy. This podcast is presented by Gaydar.net, the online dating specialists that have been helping men come together for over 25 years. I'm Gareth Johnson. On today's episode of How to Date Men, we're joined by Charlie David. Charlie is an actor and filmmaker. He's the man behind Border to Border Entertainment, which creates queer-led content. Charlie, welcome. Thank you so much for having me here. really appreciate it. Now, you're about to release season two of Dating Unlocked, and that's a dating reality show. But why do you think audiences love watching people trying to fall in love? Well, for me, I mean, the the genesis of uh, Dating Unlocked was my partner and I on a road trip from Toronto to Montreal. And, you know, we had recently watched some of the uh, relationship reality fair that was out there and kind of lamenting the fact that there wasn't more queer representation in these stories or sometimes feeling like we were kind of the, you know, the tokenized character that, you know, came in and out uh, of an episode or two. Um, And that's really where, you know, it started for us, this, this desire to see our lives um, and our love lives, our sex lives, lust, all of it reflected more authentically on screen. So for us, I mean, when I'm sitting back and watching a, you know, a dating or relationship based show, it's, I think it activates within us those kind of um, those mirror aspects, right? So you, you start to, to feel all those initial tingly aspects of love that are so delicious, right? That when we're first experiencing uh, them in real life, and I mean, that's the beauty of television, right? We can feel those things, we can fall in and out of love and, you know, get angry with <laughs> the person who, you know, is doing something naughty on TV. And, and, and so I think that's what it is. I mean, love stories to me are, are one of the most beautiful aspects of, of being human. It's one of the most incredible, you know, uh, hero's journeys that we can go through. And, you know, for some of us, that's a one, you know, a one-time thing in life. For others of us, we can go through it many times or simultaneously <laughs> yes. with many different people. So <laughs> call it a Tuesday. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but that, it, you're right. It is that living vicariously through other people's experiences. It's a bit Nicole Kidman coded, isn't it? We come to this place for magic. <laughs> Now, season two of Dating Unlocked follows a pretty similar format to season one, the sort of games and activities and people figure out who they've got the best connection with. Were you tempted to go full naked attraction and just get everyone to strip off? Well, yeah, of course. I love naked attraction. I mean, I think it's such a smart show. I think they've done so well, which is why, you know, they have multiple multiple seasons of it. You know, that... Uh, option to, you know, remove clothing is always on our buffet list of options for our daters. You know, we wanted to also construct a show that was a little bit different by way of like truly active consent and communication with our participants at each stage. Because for me, you know, at the end of the day, we made this in Toronto. These are a lot of my community and peers. I don't want to feel like I have a target on my back when I go out to a club or <laughs> am I walking down the street? It's a big city, but a small community, isn't it? You really need to be able to walk down the street and hold your head high. <laughs> That's it. You know, I what whatever kind of show we're doing, whether it's a show like Drag Heels, where I'm working, you know, with the drag community or, or this show or others, I want the participants, cast and crew alike, to walk away from it feeling 
proud, feeling excited about it when it's about to come out. I don't want anybody sitting back and cringing or feeling like, oh, oh my gosh, who's going to see this? I'm terrified. I don't want it out there. You know, that's just, that's not the vibe that I, that I want to create. Um, but, you know, so to that point, we do things a little bit differently. There's not alcohol, you know, on offer on our shows. Like, you know, it has been historically in a lot of re reality kind of fair to get people more loose lipped and, and free Bring the drama and, <laughs> and all of that. We hope that we can create, you know, still excitement and fun without that. But we want people firmly um, in the driver's seat of their own decision making for the full for the full, you know, uh, duration of their experience with us. And. And I think that's where the communication and consent comes in as well. We wanted to, you know, make it a, a, a part of the show that you actually see on screen, you know, because many of us, we didn't necessarily grow up with those concepts or lack of like, you know, sex education, uh, relationship coaching or whatever you have, either through parents or school, many of us muddled our way through, right? Or we kind of, you know, figured it out. Learned from the mistakes. Yeah, <laughs> learned from the mistakes. And, you know, so we wanted to make the idea of consent and communication sexy. Like, why can't it be sexy to ask for what you want or at least put it on the table as like, hey, like, would you be into this, into that? Whether it's stripping down or cuddling or a slow dance or a strip tease or a makeout or a massage, like, let's talk about it. Let's get closer to the mark quicker <laughs> to what we both will find enjoyable. In a relationship. Uh, it's such a powerful lesson though, isn't it? Being able to articulate what actually feels good to you just solves so much problem. Absolutely. Like take out, you know, so much of, of the guesswork. And I think, you know, some of us um, in the community as gay men, we might be used to fairly straightforward communication in terms of like, you know, gay sex positions, top, bottom, this, that, you know, and sometimes that's all it is, or it's like, you know, articulated through emojis on, on the apps. And, <laughs> and I think we can do better, like, you know, or, or at least open the options, the array of options up a little bit more. Sometimes that works just fine. And that's all you need. And that is the desired communication and outcome on that day or within that scenario. However, I think that there are other times in all of our lives where we might desire a little bit more, you know, and that that communication piece can be actually pretty sexy and it can like create a lead up, you know, to the actual act, whatever the act is. The act could just be cuddling. The act could be like, I just want to like have a deep conversation with you, you know? No, I totally agree. It's it's so much part of the fun, isn't it? To say, oh, you're into that. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think the more that we do it, the more that we play in that area, the better we're going to become. And, um, you know, I think the the options will increase. We'll, we'll find ourselves in a position of more confidence in our our uh relationships and and sex lives and what a beautiful place to be like i think that's a that's a goal worth striving for you talked about how your original inspiration was to bring 
you know, more queer representation into the dating shows and, and reality TV generally kind of thing. But I was wondering, is there a danger that the format or the, you know, the, the framework of, of dating shows, does that bring a sort of a heteronormative lens to queer relationships? I love that you thought of this question. I think it's really smart <laughs> and something that's like, you know, um, uh, something worth contemplating, you know, because, you know, at Border to Border Entertainment, everything I do is kind of through a queer lens. It's like often by our community, for our community, because it's the kind of entertainment that was lacking when I was growing up, right? It wasn't stuff that, you know, or there were very few examples of it. And we were all looking at the same show or, or film and trying to find ourselves in it and the 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 honesty that what felt right and authentic within that one piece impossible right like just look at how how, how different each one of us are um, and how diverse our, our community is and that is I mean a part of what we're trying to bring to dating unlocked and the reason why we've kind of chosen this slightly game show-esque, uh, format to it so that we can drop in and each episode can highlight and explore different types of people within our community. So there are poly folk, there are people into puppy play, there are like, we're trying to touch on as many letters in the queer, you know, alphabet <laughs> as possible and knowing that, you know, so we're coming up on, on uh, I guess we've done 18 episodes now. Like we haven't covered the gamut. My gosh, there's still so many more places that that we could go. Um, but I think just by virtue of again, our our heroes, you know, our daters, they're in the driver's seat. The format is it's kind of a classic four, three, two, one television format. So you can think of something like Chopped or you know other shows like that, where you start with four four folks and you're getting it down to, to one. So our hero dater at each juncture, at each game that they're playing, they decide to eliminate or disinvite, <laughs> not invite forward to the next round, one of the daters. Um, but at the end, there's always the option that you could choose more than one or people could choose like everybody in the group. So, so we try and remove the idea of you know, it always being kind of a, that there being a, a binary idea around dating or that it must yeah, be and the aspiration couple. of getting to your true love kind of thing, that sort of stuff. Totally. And, and not, I guess the only reason I'm, I'm sort of asking no. the question is because that sort of, you know, love is love mantra can be a bit, um, you know, basic and generic in a way. But uh, I was talking to a choreographer the other day and he was saying, you know, he was doing duets for two men and was getting the feedback from sort of audiences, you know, oh, it's lovely. It's just like, you know, straight couples kind of thing. It's, you know, you can project. Your, you know, and he, he, he was, was fine with that for a long time, but eventually sort of worked up and said actually no 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 <laughs> what i'm doing is two gay men so <laughs> let's just get into that you know <laughs> yeah absolutely and i think you know even our host yaz harris they are uh like such a wonderful sex educator and community person you know they um they wear a few different hats one of them is being a dom you know and um, you know, they're poly themselves and stuff. So I think even anchoring our show is this very queer human who is 
living the life <laughs> that they're kind of sharing with others too. And, and, and it's a big, queer, wonderful life that doesn't fit the traditional. Yeah, you know, I think for many of us, like, you know, I'm engaged, I'm getting married this coming uh, summer and super excited about that. We've also been together for coming up 13 years. And for 13 years, we did not see a need or want to get married. It just wasn't, I mean, number one, it wasn't a possibility when I was growing up legally. So you just kind of like take that off the potential life planning chart or vision board or whatever you use <laughs> in your life. And, you know, we were just, we were on vacation together and after the pandemic, we're having this conversation at drinks before dinner, like we should throw a party. Yeah. It's been a while, you know, it's been, we haven't been hosting as much as we'd like to. And, oh, it'd be so great to get our families together too. And all our friends. And, and I was like, like a wedding. <laughs> what if people bought us gifts as well? Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> you know, and he kind of said, well, I guess it could be. It was so pragmatic and very us, like not a very romantic proposal. <laughs> But, you know, at the end, of, that's all we want to do. You know, we're going to have a, it will be romantic and wonderful and heartfelt for us. We're going to strip away the traditional stuff that doesn't make sense for us or the religious aspects that aren't right for us. And we're going to have a party with the people that we love. And, and that's, that's a queer wedding. And I don't, you know, I like it's right for us right now, but I just, you know, it's another example of, we have so many, many of us in countries like the UK and Canada, and, you know, we have the avenues available to us now to build the lives the way that we want to. We can put those bricks in the road as we wish. And what a wonderful, you know, place to be. What a great juncture. I don't want to replicate somebody else's life or the heteronormative track that's been laid before, before us. I want us to develop and lay out our own and make it special for, for each of us. Like what is your love journey or in sex journey? Go after that. And I think that's one of the really positive things about dating unlocked, isn't it? That it does sort of illustrate what some of those possibilities might be, you know, cause it's is showing variation and options. So it does actually open your mind to go, Oh, I hadn't thought that a relationship could look like that, but that's interesting sort of. For sure. And you know, a lot of these things that might sound um, sexy, fun, uh, enticing, tantalizing, like an open relationship or polyamory or some of these things that like, you know, many of us might dabble in or have dabbled in, in, in varying degrees. But I think we also bring the kind of the reality checked aspect of it of like, okay, cool. Are you ready for the amount of conversations you need to have? <laughs> Get ready to communicate. <laughs> to communicate a lot with all these partners. And have you looked at your calendar and do you have enough time in the day for the yeah, number of energy? Partners? Gosh, who has the energy? <laughs> you know? I mean, I think it's great. I love, you know, the, the folks that, uh, that explore non-monogamy I think it's it's a wonderful exploratory journey and an important one you know when our societies have divorce rates at you know about 50 percent why is it so taboo to talk about the idea of finding um, fulfillment in different aspects through different people and the expectation that we that one human is going to be like our 
the amazing sex that we want, the wonderful cuddler, the person who is, you know, like our business partner and like, you know, legal spouse and like all these things in one, the perfect best friend, like, oh my God, gosh, can any of us truly live up to that? Like day after day. Uh, now it sounds like I'm on the other side of the, the marriage conversation. <laughs> right? Who are you arguing for? You are getting married. Yeah. I'm, I'm arguing for everybody. That's the thing. I think like, and I mean, even for queer couples who decide to get married, it doesn't mean that non-monogamy or polyamory is off the table. Exactly. As yeah. for, you know, straight folks, it can also be part of your experience. And I mean, the most important thing is, is that the two or three or four of you have all had the conversation and everybody knows what's going on. It has the process of creating Dating Unlocked given you any sort of insights or fresh perspectives on your experiences of dating and relationships? I mean, you're obviously coming up to a bit of a milestone in your relationship now, but just sort of looking back, you know, and I guess we've talked about how, you know, the variations and the options available, but has that caused any sort of personal reflection for you? A hundred percent. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm very much just like a hound dog who found, like follows uh, his curiosity in terms of the kind of content that I make. So, you know, if I look at the kind of shows that I do either in my documentary work or scripted or whatever, there's often an aspect of like, oh, that's cool. That's happening. Like, what's this puppy play thing? I don't know anything about it. Let's go like, <laughs> that's generally my, my, uh, um, how I get into a world. I go and I shoot a documentary about it. I learn all about it. And then I kind of figure, oh, is that for me? Not for me? You know, whatever. But, um, and I would say, yeah, similarly in Dating Unlocked, it's it's this like wonderful access point. It's like going, you know, behind the curtain at, you know, the Wizard of Oz or something for me where I get to really have these fascinating conversations with so many different folks about how they approach uh, love and relationships in a very honest and open way. And a lot of the things are, you know, junctures on my dating road or relationship road that I've, you know, I've crossed some of those bridges, right? And I've contemplated them, incorporated what works. Um, uh, so I continue forward with it in my own, you know, friendships, relationships, partnerships, um, that kind of thing. And, uh, and I think, I mean, that's the biggest gift that any of us working in the arts or media and that kind of thing, in my opinion, can give is to show different ways that life can be lived and hopefully incite some con conversations or reflection, um, through that. Right. So even if somebody thinks like, okay, that is so wacky. I would never do that <laughs> in my own life or I would never, or I couldn't, you know? Well, if that I couldn't or I wouldn't or, oh my gosh, can create a an engaging conversation between friends or partners or family members, I think that's really cool to go, let's unpack that. Like, why? Why couldn't you? Why, why is that... Um, strange to you because I think huge discoveries can be made within that. One of my favorite um, kind of slogans, and we tried to to use it a lot within Dating Unlocked, even from going back to the first season, uh, the director, Sam Coyle, and I, you know, kind of our guiding mantra was don't yuck somebody else's yum. 
So if this is a yum for somebody else, if there's anything, and Sam and I are pretty open, so we don't have very many yucks in life, but like <laughs> if we were finding that or, or sensing that from anybody else, like that doesn't have a place on our set and to try and kind of share that kind of idea with our whole crew so that folks really felt that they can express themselves, do what they want to do. This is a safe playground, right? We're, we're here with, uh, you know, kind of the kid gloves on the side to, to keep you safe, but go play, express yourself. And, and, you know, we're going to be, uh, supportive of it and curious, keeping an open mind always. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, creating a space with no judgment is hard to do, but really powerful when you're able to achieve it. I think. Uh, I was wondering, um, sort of, the world of dating apps and online dating is really sort of changed the game in terms of the way we connect with people, and it has you know made you know certainly sexual encounters a lot more transactional. And I, I was interested in your perspective on whether you feel that dating is a bit of a, a lost art. I mean, who teaches young people how to date? Absolutely. <laughs> I would say, I mean, this is a resounding refrain that I hear from a lot of my queer friends. It's just this, if I could distill it to one word, it's loneliness. I think mm. that there can be a sense of, of loneliness within our community. Yeah. Oh, isolation. I, and I, I think we, I just talking to like health professionals, that's the number one health issue that they're sort of raising is like, loneliness and isolation and the impact that ha that has on every aspect of people's lives it's a killer absolutely like i i have a new show i'm developing now that's kind of really going into this space and trying to find new healing ways of of connection through therapeutic activities together but like in person activities like we're going to go on a hike we're going to like go portaging or whatever and have like fantastic conversations along the way because I think we've been missing that. The whole world has been missing that for for a few years. We all we all know this intrinsically, right? And whether we're talking about in in love or sex or just friendships, I think we can apply so many of these learnings and and feelings to friendship. And and I think we can just start small as well, right? With like, okay, I'm I'm sure many of us have like a laundry list of the people that we feel like we should be reconnecting with or might want to be reconnecting with. And if we can shorten that list to like one or two people, even as a place to start and just reach out and like actually go for coffee in person, right? Or actually, hey, let's go for a walk or let's take our dogs for a walk. And I think especially, you know, putting it into an active space, if you can walk together, the conversation that will naturally come out it's going to be different than if you're sitting at a pub. It's going to be different than if you're standing in a loud nightclub <laughs> for sure. And I promise you, it's likely going to draw you closer together. And, and the, the more we can do that and be the offering listening ear for somebody else and, and them for us, we get to like work that muscle. It's like going to the gym, right? And we get to practice empathy and listening and big heartedness and, all the things that we want others to be for us, I think when we can start doing that for others, um, again, it's going to be reflective. No, I tell you, just being open to intimacy, I think is a really, once you let that wall down and you're actually not, you know, physical and emotional, you know, it's really hard to sort of be available to people and say, well, let's just connect. Yeah. And the love that can be, you know, layered onto friendship, 
you know, friendship can be many things and it can ha it can look differently. It's kind of like a diamond with many facets, right? And we turn it and it's going to be different with the different friendships that we have in our life. But, you know, as as gay men, I know some friends who found their friendships through sex. <laughs> it's like sex comes first and then we become buds. And then others who it's it's kind of the opposite or, you know, myself, I'm kind of a person who will if I see a, a, a gem of a potential friendship, I'll almost like discount sex from it, right? And be like, okay, I got to protect this. I don't this way. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> and I think like, you know, whatever road is right for you based on your personal history and stuff. But I think that, you know, bringing in the healing power of touch, even with friendships, to put an arm around a buddy, you know, or to like, give a, an embrace on a greeting or a departure from a coffee or a walk that you've had together or to hold somebody's hand or their eye gaze. Oh my gosh, that's going to recharge both of you like in super incredible ways. And, and I think, you know, just putting, it's kind of like thinking like a, a, a non-monogamous or polyamorous person applying some of that to our friendships too. Right. And just saying, okay, you know, what, how could I enrich this relationship even, even further, perhaps? So I don't, yeah, I, I think that there, I think we can do better long, very long story. I'm sorry, you get me going and I'm just wound up and ready to go. But yeah, I think we can do better than the transactional um, situation that we're generally finding on, on the dating apps. Now you filmed Dating Unlocked in Toronto. Are there any sort of cultural nuances with dating? Is it easier in Toronto just because everyone's so nice there? Uh, <laughs> we're all not that nice, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to Toronto. They're pretty nice, I'm telling okay. you. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you. That's very kind. Um, you know, Toronto is, is, is one of these wonderful, uh, very multicultural cities. Canada is, I think, like... Uh, statistically one of the fastest growing countries in the world right now in terms of population the immigration that's happening is just like off the charts and and i think that brings so much wonderful uh variety and 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 potential to a, a you know the dating life of a city um so we felt really lucky right like you know when we put out a call for for folks you know who might want to be involved and we were kind of overwhelmed of course with the number of folks who put up their hand and said yes pick me pick me please you know and and i think the thing that we heard over and over again goes back to your last question about the dating apps was i'm x number of years old i feel like i've hit a wall I'm like just having the same conversations or emoji conversations on the app without getting anywhere in depth. I want to go to the next level. I'm willing to try anything. I'll even go on reality TV. <laughs> <laughs> That's how desperate I am. <laughs> and, and, we were like, great, come to the party. Let's have you. You know, that's good for us. I think many cities are hard. You know, my friends who live in New York or L.A. or London, like it's, it's a similar story of like the busyness of our lives by requirement of the economies that we're living in <laughs> to keep roofs over our, our, our heads and, and all this stuff. So many of us have to have, you know, we're working more and more to meet all of those necessities 
And so the pursuit of dating or relationships or sex can sometimes be put on on the back burner or used as kind of a like letting off steam outlet, right? So it's kind of like, okay, got to fit that in. Great. Okay. I can go for another X number of days and <laughs> get that job done. And we're moving on. <laughs> you know? And so I think if we can start to expand our thinking of our own lives to have the width of life that is possible, as long as the, in addition to those goals that kind of, you know, um, land on more of a just a straightforward momentum time frame, right? So if we can take the pauses in our life to meet with friends, to spend time on a date, like, you know, building in the deliciousness of the planning. I think just like when we're traveling, so much of the enjoyment we get to have twice. We get to have it when we're planning the trip, thinking about, oh, I'm going to have that Mai Tai on the beach and it's going to be so awesome to go on these, you know, jungle walks and all these different things or walks through this glorious city. Well, the same thing can happen in our dating lives with a little bit of specific, thoughtful planning around who is this person? How might, you know, what do they enjoy? How can we have a really wonderful hour and a half together it doesn't like you don't have to go over the top you know especially on early dates but i think you know you can bring a little bit more more richness to it that will probably be impactful and hopefully you'll both come out of it with uh you know with with a little bit more easier in canada i don't think so uh <laughs> I think it's hard anywhere, you know, but no, uh, we can approach it. I think we can all approach it a little differently. I guess my final question is how can people watch season two of Dating Unlocked? Yeah, so we are going to be premiering on uh, Valentine's Day, February 14th. Um, and it will be on uh, OTV and the OTV channel in Canada on Amazon and Apple as well as in the States on OutTV, OutTV Proud, on Amazon. Uh, in the UK, it's on um, an OutTV app called Fruit TV, F-R-O-O-T TV. And we also have it on a few other platforms like uh, Google and, and Tubi and Hoopla. And so we're, we try to be agnostic in where we put it out and just hope that people tune in. That brings us to the end of this episode. You can find me on Twitter at GTV London. Today's guest has been Charlie David. You can find him on Twitter at Charlie David. How to Date Men is presented by Gaydar.net, the online dating specialists that have been helping men come together for over 25 years. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.